In the book of Luke 16 to 25, it says, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, He will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. So Jesus, when he began his ministry, he started his ministry with these precious words. He lifted up and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that is something incredible, that the spirit of, of God that was on Jesus can also be on us. The same anointment that was on Jesus can be on us. You and I, we have the calling to, to walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to live in communion with the Holy Spirit. And when we live in communion with Him, the Holy Spirit will use us, will use our little lives to see freedom the captives and our to bring liberty to the captives in our surrounding. Yet Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In this passage we can find the four different people that Jesus wants to wants to save. First he said to bring the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. What does it mean to have a broken heart? There's many things that can break our hearts. There's things in life that can cause very deep wounds to your heart that can, can cause that you get home and then when nobody's home, you're just crying because there's so much pain in your heart. One time I was preaching in Mexico and I... I preached in, in a city, Mexico, and I was, it's called Torreon, Mexico. And when I came there, I was so tired because there were so many events that we were doing, so many projects that we um, ministering at. I have two sons and at home, and, and I accepted this invitation. And I was thinking that it was a city maybe two, two hours away but it ended up being seven hours away by car. And I was like, ugh, I have to go. I don't want to go. It's so far away. And I said, ugh, Lord, I don't want to go. But God said, go, you have to go. And I was like, okay. 
so I started traveling and I came there and then I preached there and it was really good people but I still started to, to, to preach and the Holy Spirit was moving and but I want to be honest there was a part of me saying okay hey, Lord when when are we finishing because I want to go home I I still have seven hours of, of going home I want to go home and the last day I was almost ready to finish and and I did the altar call for everyone wanting to receive Christ. And the Holy Spirit said, he stopped me and said, son, you're here for a reason. He gave me a word. Okay, say it in the microphone. Yesterday night, there was a person with pills in their hand, looking at the pills with so much depression and that that person wanted to take their own life. And with that pills in their, in their hand, that person yesterday night, was saying, Lord, if you won't speak to me tomorrow in church, I will go home and I will take all these pills and I will take my own life. And I said that. I said that at the microphone. Lord says that there was this person with the pills in their hands and so on, so on. I've never given a word like that before. And I was like, okay, who is it? And a young guy almost ready to go and he he got up because he thought okay service is over and god hadn't spoken to him and that guy wanted to leave the yeah i wanted to get out of the room and when he heard this word describing exactly what he was going through what he was going through yesterday and he closed the door and he ran to the altar and all of his family who was there they were, were screaming because they had taken pills away from him so many times to when he was trying to kill himself. And he came to the, to the altar with tears in his eyes, knowing that finally God has spoken to me. God is real. Do you know what, brothers and sisters? God is here to heal the brokenhearted. And you know what? I was crying for that guy, and I myself too was crying. I was crying because... I had this this bad attitude as well. And even though I had this bad attitude of being there, God moved through me. God used me. And you know what, brothers and sisters, God can use you. And in the moments where you feel full of when you feel full of power, when you feel full of fire of the Holy Spirit, but also the moments when you're looking at your watch saying, Okay, when is this going to end? God can use you. When we're when we are ready to be used by him, when we are ready to live under the anointment and the power of the anointment and to be free that day. God wants to heal broken hearts. And you know what? Every time that I share the story in, in different churches and different parts of the world, there's always people that come to me and say, Pastor, I'm... I'm struggling too with suicidal thoughts. There's so many people who are fighting with these thoughts that are taking medicine for depression, for anxiety, and people that are listening, a voice saying, okay, yeah, it's going to be easier if you're going to finish, if you're going to stop. So just stop here. And that voice is a demon. That voice is a lie. And the Holy Spirit is here today, at this night, and he, the Lord has brought me from Mexico to Spain 
with this message for you. If you are fighting with those kinds of thoughts of suicide, those thoughts of anxiety and depression, there is hope in the name of Jesus. There is hope in him. And we have seen it so many times, so many people that were so brokenhearted that they didn't want to go on living and receiving liberty and hope in the name of Jesus. And brothers and sisters, I, I'm saying if you're here fighting with these thoughts, fighting with depression, with anxiety, I'm here to tell you your future. If you're ready to, to give this anxiety to Christ, your future will be thousand times better than your past. Your future in Christ Jesus will be something new and you will live with, with a new future and a new life because Christ, the anointment of Christ Jesus is here because he wants to heal the brokenhearted. And there's people, yeah, people because of the things that happen in life they're so brokenhearted that they don't want to go on. And one time, my wife and I, we were ministering in a new church in a, in, a, in a town close to where we live. Yeah, we were preaching in this new church, in this new township. And the pastor of a local church came to us after, after the preaching. And we were there ministering. And after the preaching, we, there was like a barbecue and there was, there was like a picnic, and we were just eating. The pastor said, saying, okay, hey, brother, I have this, this couple here. They're newlyweds. This town was close to the border of the United States, and there was this, this river, and the river was the border. So when you cross the river, you'd be in the United States. So we were there really close to the, to the river, just, just to give like the context and to paint the picture. And we were there ministering with this, with this couple, and talking to them, we were like, hey, what do you want? Um, we just want a blessing for, for our marriage. My wife can really listen to the voice of God really well. Um, and so she came up to him and was like, Josh, I think that they're not married yet. And I was like, but the pastor said marriage. I'm not the best in Spanish, but, but that means that they're married. And she was like, I feel like they're not married and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask them. I said, okay, are you guys married? And they were like, well, pastor, not, not really. It's like, not really. What does that mean? They just understand where we are. And it's like, are you saved? And the man says, I receive Christ. And the woman said, I'm not saved, but I want to receive Christ. And so I started sharing the gospel with him. And I was explaining the gospel to her and I was like, are you ready to receive? And so I guided her in prayer of salvation, but she wasn't able to pronounce the name Jesus. And so she would always say, thank you. I want to receive. And she would always, always throw up every time that we would say the name of Jesus. And my wife came to me again and said, I said, I feel that she was in prostitution. I was like, how do I say that to her? How can I tell her that? And so, so I came up to her and I was like, okay, we want to know something. Have you worked in prostitution? 
and she started to cry and she and she started to say yes i i've i've worked in prostitution years because there wasn't food on the table there wasn't this there wasn't this and we lived in a very poorer part of town and so i worked as a prostitute and i and she said and my partner he doesn't know it's like wow okay what is going to happen and so we start to share with her that she can be free yeah and suddenly we talked or she talked about how she was abused as a child that she has experienced sexual abuse and her heart was so broken and because of that she was living under this oppression all of her life because there was this this generational curse of prostitution in her family and so the holy spirit guided us to to help her to renounce this this curse to renounce this generational curse and also to break all that soul ties that she had with a lot of men because of prostitution and guiding her to to do that and suddenly her face changed and a demon started to manifest screaming and she got up and she was out of her mind because it was it was a demon working through her and she started running and and getting to the river and a few men grown men from the church understood what was happening and they ran towards her tried to stop her to go to the to the, to the river and she was just you know tackling these these men these grown men but continuing to run to the to the river because the demon wanted her to die in the river and my my wife isn't a really big person but she got there and she she grabbed the woman and she started to cast out the demon and suddenly she fell to the ground and she was free of that demon and she got up there and after we brushed out all the sand she was like i want to receive jesus and she was shocked because suddenly she was able to pronounce the name of jesus because because the demon hadn't allowed her to say the name of Jesus beforehand. And so she received Christ. And I was just looking at the pastor and saying, okay, so the demons wanted to kill her in the water, so in this river. So what do you think if we just, just change the plan of the enemy and use those waters to baptize her in the same waters? And just there, we baptized her, this woman. And that was the waters that the demons wanted to kill her. And the anointment of God is here because he wants to free the captives. Maybe you're here and you're captive because of something from your past. Maybe you're a key fighting for something that, that has happened in the past, something that happened in your, in your family that doesn't allow you to, to live in freedom. And always that you want to worship God, always, or these thoughts come back of shame, these thoughts of, of sadness, these thoughts saying you're not worthy to, to worship God, you're not worthy to get to know God because of all these things that had happened in the past. And I want to tell you something, Jesus is here and he wants to free the captives. If you're here and you feel in chains, 
because of your past, because of attacks of demons, with anxiety or whatever it be. God wants to set you free. That is the purpose of this anointing. Because of that, we preach and because of that, we live in the anointment. Because where the anointment of the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me with a purpose. And the purpose of the anointing is to bring freedom. Every one of us, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have in you, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But on you, you have the Holy Spirit as well. And the Holy Spirit is in you for your relationship, for your personal relationship, to, to strengthen you, to nourish your life, to give life. That is the living water that we have of Christ Jesus in our hearts. Those are, yeah, our hearts. And he is on us with a purpose of flowing through us like a river like a river to free the captives, a river to free the people that are, are living in the middle of the desert. You and I, every place we go, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have the river of the Holy Spirit with you and the anointment of, and the power of God. And that power of God will bring liberty to the captives, bring freedom. And Jesus said to bring back sight to the blind. One time I was in Africa, in a place in Sudan. And those years were just a, t a glorious time. And I was serving in a region where, where there hadn't been a movement of the Holy Spirit, and we didn't know why. And it was a very depressing place, a place with a lot of oppression. And it was a place, yeah, and it was very hot there. And I was living in a place where where many people lived under a demonic oppression. And one time, the people were explaining that in that town over there, that's the place where the devil lives. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, in that, in that place, the devil lives. And I was like, what? Okay, take me there. We're going there. We're we're gonna, we're gonna fight with the devil and we're gonna go there. And they were like, no, pastor, you can't, you can't go there. And it's full of witches and wizards and whatever. And I was like, don't tell me that. If you're telling me that, of course I'm going to go. And so finally I convinced them that they take me there. And we went there and we had to like cross a river. We had to go through many difficult places. And and there was this 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 place, this town, where there was so many very powerful witches and so many all of the witches on that regions, they came there to, to sacrifice and to get the power of their gods there. And so we got there. When I entered that place, I heard a voice, a very clear voice, and it was definitely a voice of a demon because it said, you have entered my territory and I'm going to kill you. I was like, whoa, okay. And that makes you pray. And I just got out of a, can a canoe and I was there in the middle of the swamp with with water to my knees, and I was just, I just listened to a voice saying, you entered my territory, you're gonna die. And I was like, oh, dang. And I just had to think of this verse in Romans where it says, when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will help us. And in our prayers, when we pray in the Holy Spirit. So I started praying in tongues. Yeah, whenever I wasn't speaking to a person, I was praying in tongues. 
and getting getting there and preaching the gospel. And there were so many people that received Christ. The next day we went to a different place. And in that place, there was a woman. She was blind. And she couldn't see anything. And getting there, and I was so tired. And I had malaria, and I was, I was sick, and I had other things. And I was very, very tired and, and was very hot. And I was in this, in this time and was just like, okay, God has sent me here. And I was there and getting to this house. And I was like, God, I, we need a miracle. We need to see a miracle here. Because if we don't see a miracle, these people will never believe in you. Because, because the witches also do their type of miracles. And if they don't see that there is a God more powerful than their gods, how are they going to believe of why we're here and why we're preaching the, uh, the gospel? And so I saw this woman, and I'm going to be very honest with you, and that was, this was my prayer. So I put hands on her, and I was thank, so thankful that they didn't understand any English, and I prayed, God, if you're not going to do anything, I'm quitting. I'm going to quit. If you're not doing anything, I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going to quit. That was not a prayer full of faith and power. And there's moments where you know, okay, God will do a miracle. And that wasn't one of those moments. I was like, if this won't happen, I'm going to quit. And thanks to God, he answers honest prayers. Thanks to God. So I put my hand on, on her and I said, God, if you don't heal her, I'm going to quit. Because I have prayed for thousands of blind people and I've never seen seen a miracle in this region and taking my hand off of her and she started laughing and saying in her language I can see you I can see you and I can see you and like a, like just a grandma there and she was like I can see you touching my head saying I can see you I can see you and I said you can see me and she was like I can see you I can see you and she was set free and she was healed and she received the Lord and her her daughter also received the Lord and her grandchildren received the Lord and so many people in this region heard about this God who does miracles and the next day we were there preaching and so many more people came than before and people that were yeah old people that also were witches because they came because of this miracle and because of this this miracle of this blind woman saying that they also want to follow Christ. And it was a really powerful time. And after that, I, I entered the house where I was living there, where I was sleeping. And there was this filter of water to, to filter the river water because there, was, because there wasn't bottled water, you know. So you have to filter your own water. And it was, it was night. And there was no light at all. Going into that house... I started to reach out to get the filter. The Holy Spirit stopped me, and one of the pastors grabbed my hand and pulled me back. And I said, "Why? Why did you do that?" And he take, took his his took his knife and he started beating something. And there was a mamba, a black mamba, and that is the snake, one of the most poisonous snakes in all of Africa, just on the filter. And that moment, I remember that voice that was saying saying to me in the swamp, "I'm going to kill you," and that was a plan of the enemy. To place a black mamba there to kill me did not fulfill. And people, more and more people started to, 
to follow Christ. And they saw, and we saw more and more miracles. And I saw people blind getting their their sight back again. But there's there's also the spiritual blindness that can be on our hearts, that can be causing that even though Jesus is right in front of us, we can't discern his presence. And when Jesus was speaking in his town, explaining that he is the Messiah, doing this declaration, the people wasn't able to recognize him. And I just imagine him looking at all of, all of the people in his town, in his hometown, looking at them, saying, okay, I have come to heal the blind, knowing that they as well were, were operating under a, a spiritual blindness without knowing. But God wants to give sight back to us. And he wants to take away from our hearts all of the spiritual blindness so that we can look at him. When I came to Mexico to, to work as a missionary, the Lord told me to pray for revival. The Lord told me, okay, pray for revival. You will see revival. You will see, have a missionary school to train missionaries for the, for the nations. And I went to Mexico. And I have to be honest, the first year, I didn't see any revival. I saw a lot of difficult things, very, very many problems. And I said, okay, God, when are you going to send a revival? And there was this one occasion when I was preaching in a, in a little town, tiny town. And I was there preaching, and the Lord was giving me words of knowledge. And there came this man up to me, and he said, Pastor, pray for me. I can't see. And he had like a one eye that was completely blind and the other eye. He could see a little bit, but not really. So I was like, yeah, of course, I'll pray for you. And putting my hands on him, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, okay, what's easier for me? Healing sight of a blind person or healing the sight of a nation full of blind people? people that are blind because of idolatry and witchcraft. What is more difficult for me? And in that moment, I was like, well, God, for you, they're the same. In my head, I always had this idea that there's big miracles, like medium miracles and tiny miracles. And the big miracles is like revival and stuff like that. Like a revival that really impacts a nation, raising people up from the dead, things like that. And then there's like middle ground miracles. It's like, okay, healing a blind eye, healing the deaf or something like that. And then there's tiny miracles like, like healing headaches, for example. And in that moment, the Lord was telling me, there is no difference for me to bring revival or to heal the blind eyes. It requires the same for me. One is more difficult than the other. And he told me, you are going to see so many miracles here. And I took away my hands from the, the eyes of the blind man. And he was, he was shouting, I can see, I can see, I can see. He was very excited. And the people, they were there. They were dancing and so happy. He turned to me and said, okay, pastor, pray for my wife. She can't hear. And I was like, okay, the Lord is definitely doing something here. That is something prophetic. And he brought his wife. She was a really old person. She was completely deaf on one ear, and the other other ear, she could hardly hear anything. So you would have to shout. In that moment, 
where I put my hands on her ears, the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. And he said, what is more difficult for me? To heal a deaf person or to heal a nation that is deaf because of idolatry and witchcraft? What is more difficult for me? And I said, Lord, for you, it's the same. And taking away my hands of her ears, I was snapping my fingers to see if she could hear. And she shouted, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. She, yeah, she could just hear everything. Everything that was behind her, I was behind her saying things, like asking her questions, what's your name, and stuff like that. She could hear everything and answer every question. And that was a miracle. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, you are going to see so many miracles in this nation. So brothers and sisters, God wants to open the eyes of the blind, but he also wants to open the eyes of the people that are li living with a spiritual blindness. And that blindness, the spiritual blindness can cause it. Even though Jesus is in the middle, here in the middle, standing right in the middle of us, we can't discern his presence. And I remember that the story of the disciples of Jesus that were on, the, on their way to, to go to Emmaus. And getting there, Jesus was walking with them. They're walking, and Jesus, just doing what Jesus does, he has a good sense of humor. He was there walking with them, but they couldn't discern who he was. And Jesus was just walking between them, between his friends, but they didn't know who he was. And Jesus was asking them, saying, hey, why are you sad? And they were saying, didn't you hear Jesus died? And that happened, and this happened, and that happens. Why don't you know this? Speaking with Jesus, just explaining the, the gospel to him, but just talking to him. And then suddenly he revealed himself, who he was. And they were shocked, and suddenly Jesus disappeared. And they were saying, weren't our hearts burning? because he was here with us, but we couldn't discern his presence. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is here. I've been like 50 different nations preaching this gospel. I've been in big churches. I've been in meetings of revival, but I'm saying here in this place, I can feel the presence of God in a very, very strong way. And sometimes it's easy to think, well, there in whatever place, that's where the Holy, the Holy Spirit is moving. No, He's moving here. And I want to just tell this, this, this team here, you guys have done an incredible work to cultivate this environment of the presence of the God. You guys have a church here that really values the presence. You have leaders that values the presence of God. And because of that, the Holy Spirit is here. And sometimes, because of situations of life, because of problems that we have, because of preoccupations of, of life, family, and work, we can come and say, well, Jesus, why didn't you talk to me? And he's, he was just sitting there next to you saying, okay, it's because you can't discern because you're blind. And I want to heal your sight so that you can see me. I want to heal your ears so that you can hear me. And the Lord is here. He wants to free the oppressed. And 
brothers and sisters, they're people that are living under this oppression. There's a difference between a person in captivity and an oppressed person. A person that's just very much in the world is a captive. A person that doesn't have, have Jesus, that is also a captive. A person that is under depression, anxiety, that person's in captivity. But there's also this oppression, this oppression that can come on a believer as well. There's many believers that are living under a certain level of oppression. And you know, the anointment of God is here to break the power of this oppression so that we can live the life in plentitude, so that we can live in 100% for Him. And today, on this day, I feel that the Lord wants to do these four things here in the middle of us, right in, right in our midst. He wants to free the captives, and you're here. Okay, I feel like a captive because of the past, because of the things that have happened to me. The Lord can free you. And if you say, okay, I feel oppressed because of a sickness, because of fear, because of a medical condition, or because of a mental condition, the Lord wants to heal you, and He can heal you. We have seen so many people receive healing from mental illness. They've been taking pills for anxiety, for depression, for sleeping, for, for getting up in the morning. We had a woman in church in, in the States, and she was taking 25 pills each day. 25 different medications every single day. Pills for getting up, pills for falling asleep, pills for her depression, pills for her pain. Her hands were blue because almost almost black. Her nails were black because she didn't have circulation in her body. Her feet, she, they didn't have circulation. And her kidneys, they, the doctors were about to put her in dialysis. And she, she came to the church for the first time. And the, the truth is, I don't remember praying for her. I, yeah, it, was just, it was just a time of ministry where every leader was praying for somebody. And, and she just came up to me and said, okay, pastor, I want to testify. And I was like, yeah, sure, but why? Because I didn't know her. She told me, okay, the doctors told me that I don't have much time left. The doctors told me that I'm almost dead and my kidneys are failing. And I have bad circulation. I have this and that and this and that and taking 25 pills a day. And I went to church and I received prayer. And the, the, after that, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, why are you taking all of these pills? The tests are saying that you don't have a single problem. We are going to do them again. And he did them again. He checked her kidneys again. And they were working 100%. And he checked her for diabetes. She didn't have problems with sugar anymore. They checked her heart, and there wasn't a heart problem anymore. And her nails were returning to this normal color. And the doctors and the family, everybody was saying, what is happening in this church? The anointment of God was there. Because the anointment of God can break everything. And she was baptized the next week. And after that, her family... Her entire family started coming to church because of this miracle that happened with her. Brothers and sisters, God can do whatever miracle, but he's looking for people ready to be used by him, to be used and to live under this precious 
anointment of the Holy Spirit. Please stand up. We're going to pray now. First, I feel that God wants to heal our eyes for the spiritual blindness. How many are here saying, okay, pastor, I feel that up to a certain level I have this spiritual blindness because it costs me so much to discern that the Holy Spirit is here. Put your hands on your eyes, please, and say it with me. Lord Jesus, heal my eyes. Take everything away from me, all of the spiritual blindness. I want to have an encounter with you. I want to get to know you. I want to live in freedom. In the name of Jesus Christ,